0: You know, Let's go back and talk about you know, the common theme, the thread that weaves through all of this is that freedom in Christ is important. Mm. It's extremely important. Number one, you're called to freedom. Everybody who knows Jesus has been called to freedom. Every person who doesn't know Jesus has been called to freedom.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast designed to help you learn how to study the Bible for yourself by showing you how to look into the historical, philosophical, and cultural background in which it was written. The reason why the Salty Pastor Podcast is so different is because we are trying to get you to think for yourself. Remember, what you believe is one of the most important things about you. Therefore, you should know what you believe and why you believe it. We're here for you, and we hope that this podcast helps you grow in your faith along the way. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host but we cannot do this without the one the only the salty pastor himself Dr. Douglas Peak.
0: Hey everyone, so good to be with you today. I hope you are doing well and I was just thinking about uh, our Tuesday podcast at the end. You were like, man, this has been so good, but it's coming to an end. And today is the day it comes to an end.
1: Today is the day. We are at the end of our series. We've discovered that our relationship with guilt has a huge impact in our lives, whether it's unresolved guilt that is toxic to the soul. We also learned that God's plan is not for us to live in guilt. Instead, we've been sanctified so that we can be set free from the influence of Mm -hmm. unresolved guilt um, we've learned about how we deal with unresolved guilt is, is through confession. And finally, uh, that we have to develop the skills to stay free from it, that we don't get pulled back into the muck yeah. and the mire of guilt. Um, in essence, we have to do the work of rewiring our brains so that we can stay free of its influence. Mm-hmm. So as we have our final episode on this series about guilt, what do you want to leave us with?
0: Pastor? Well, I think, you know, let's go back and talk about you know, the common theme, the thread that weaves through all of this is that freedom in Christ is important. Mm. It's extremely important. Number one, you're called to freedom. Everybody who knows Jesus has been called to freedom. Every person who doesn't know Jesus has been called to freedom. We've been called to be free from sin and not just uh, an act or a mistake or uh, an obligation. We didn't live up to like, you know, it's a omission thing. We didn't quite do it. Right. Uh, but we also are freed from the impact, the influence of how sin has shaped our thinking, how it's shaped our values, how it shaped our beliefs. And, and so we want to be free from not just the acts of sin, but the influence of sin in our lives. We, we need to be free. We've been called to freedom from aimlessness and lostness. One of the most important things that we have to offer people is not ourselves, not our own example, but Jesus, who, who is calling them to be free from aimlessness in life. Uh, you've been called to be free from manipulation. That is, is that people are manipulated. We are manipulated all the time. And how does the world manipulate us? How does Satan manipulate us? How do uh, nefarious people manipulate us? How, 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 do, how does clickbait manipulate us. You know, how do they, how do they get you to click on that dumb thing when you're like, (laughs) doggone it. I didn't want to click on that. You know, we're constantly being manipulated by advertisers, by politicians, by society, by, you know, institutions, by, by everything, Satan himself. How, how do we stop from being manipulated? We are called to be free from that. And freedom from Christ in that is important. It's because we have not been set free from the influence of sin on our thinking. So we don't think as clearly as we can. And that allows us to be deceived, which is another thing that we have been called to be free from. Christ came to set us free from deception, uh, from freedom, from pain, freedom from all, you know, all of these things that evil creates in our lives. And you know, I think we've been called to be free from isolation. We've been uh, been called to be free from that negative devaluation that human beings participate in when they don't feel they measure up or they feel they're being excluded or left out or rejected. You've been called to be free from all of that. And I think... Our relationship with guilt is one of the ways in which we are manipulated, deceived. We lose our aimless, uh, you know, I mean our purpose, and we become aimless. Uh, the way we are burdened, the way we are overwhelmed, isolated, discouraged, lonely. We give up, throw in the towel, all because of our relationship with guilt. So I, I don't think we can understate the case of how much guilt impacts your life every single day, the way you think, what you feel, the decisions you make. And most people think that, well, Christ saved me from hell by paying for the mistakes I made, and they have no idea how free they really can be. They have no idea that Christ has called them to freedom. And that's the point is to be free from all of that. This is especially true. This is what I think is so important. This is especially true of people who grew up in the church and they grew up in a Christian family. In a Christian family, oftentimes we don't do a good job of moving from the modify the behavior of my children's system to the redemption system, right? And this is really important is that there comes a time in your kid's life where you have to move from, okay, I'm here as a parent to modify your behavior to it's your life, you get to decide what kind of person you want to be. you know, And a lot of parents struggle with that. And so it's really important to move from the I'm here to modify your behavior model to the redemption model, which is you get to choose, and if you walk with Christ... He will purge you of the things that stop you from being what you believe you're called to be in him. See how that works? And so, for instance, let me illustrate it to make it more clear. A teen takes the car. He goes to an illegal party. He gets an MIP, which is a ticket, meaning minor in possession, right? He's got alcohol. And so, what parent wants to say to their teenager, you have freedom in Christ from feeling guilty about this situation? <laughs> I don't think that's
1: most people's first response to What do mo-
0: What do most parents You're do? grounded for the rest <laughs> of your <their> life. life. <laughs> yeah, because they, what they want to do is they up the consequences, right? Right. Which... For a child, that's what you're supposed to do. As a matter of fact, one of the things that really drives me crazy is parents that don't want to teach consequences and outcomes for decisions, allow your kids to make decisions and choices and then suffer the consequences of their choices. You know, you tell them, here are your decisions. This basic parenting, our parenting coach talks about this all the time. Here's your choice options and here's the outcome of each choice. And then allow them the freedom to choose whatever one they want. Now, of course, you restrict it up front when they're little right? Uh, like at dinner time, do you want peas or carrots? <laughs> right. And they say, well, I want this or that, you know, you, you've limited the choices, right. right? And so what you do, but, but you teach them a consequence. And then if they choose something wrong or against it, then they suffer the consequence of that. And a lot of parents interfere with the consequences, soft sell the consequences without ever realizing what they're doing is they're undermining the capacity for their children to understand the gospel when they get older. Mm. You know, they under they, they misunderstand. They think that God is just a giant Santa Claus that comes over and he's an eraser. You know, he comes out and he just erases stuff. And it doesn't work that way. God is a redeemer. And, you know, it's like you, you had a perfect example of, you know, you're out hiking or something. You step on a nail, a rusty nail. You take that nail out. Well, you better make sure your tetanus shot is up to speed and, you know, you get some antibiotics because the potential for an infection can kill you. Right. Right. And so that's a perfect illustration. Most people, though, because they don't move from the modified behavior model to the redemption model, have no idea how free they can be. So it's important that at some point you teach your children that Satan uses the mistakes of their life to manipulate them, control them, deceive them. Okay. Remember I told the story about the, the young lady who divorced her loving husband because she kept a secret, her teen pregnancy from him. And when he fi- she finally told him, right, she couldn't accept his forgiveness and she was locked in shame. So we have to explain that portion to our children. And that's usually when they're past 16 and before 25. That's the, uh, the time when they can learn this freedom in Christ is critical, absolutely critical. It's super important that you understand it and that you walk in it and you live in it. It has a huge impact on your future. This young lady could have been free from her shame and not let it control her, but she didn't have freedom from it. She may have had times of longing, you know, when for her freedom from the shame would have, you know, not freed her from remembering the experience. I mean, she may have had longing feelings of longing or even grief that, man, I didn't get a chance to raise this child, but it would have had no power over her decision-making process, Mm -hmm. but it did, you see what it did is it destroyed the good thing. And even the vow she took before God to be married to this guy. So isn't it interesting? She was able to do the very thing she vowed to God she wouldn't do as a Christian. Right. Why? Because That's of shame. shame. Because she was locked in it, and she hadn't found any freedom from it.
1: Yeah, I think society as a whole, especially the more and more we move away as a society from our relationship with God, it turns into almost, is it, is it lobsters that will pull each other down? like out of the, in the tanks where you could put a bunch of lobsters in a tank yeah. and leave the lid off because they won't let each other climb out. out. Oh, I, they didn't pull know each, that. I think it's either lobsters or crabs. I'm pretty sure it's lobsters, but you don't have to put a lid on it because yeah, I'm learning the, something the here. I the love it. Lobsters will just pull, pull them each down other back down, the down. into yeah. the water. So you never have to cover it. And so it's like, because everyone else is suffering in unresolved guilt, yeah. Society as a whole says, Gosh. "Well, you can't be free from it. Right. You need to live down here." What with a us. great
0: illustration for our world today! Yeah. That is just apropos. And
1: so, I think that's where it's at, and and that's a propagation of Satan, right? Like, yeah. the I don't think people innately want to live in unresolved guilt and shame, but he has convinced them that that's the only way to no, live. Right? It's terrible. So, why are we? I guess the the question is, why are we not? The people that are living in Christ, why are we not more aware of that? this locked effect of being in unresolved guilt, of being kind of trapped
0: by it? Yeah, well, I think freedom in Christ has been given, but you must develop the mental, emotional, and spiritual skills to live in it each day. And that's the Bible study we did on Tuesday of this week, and that was that you have to learn how to stand steadfast and not be persuaded by false teachings and false things. And that's why number one is knowing the Bible. Uh, I want to use this illustration. uh, And that is, is that the secret service, which is not only in charge of protecting the president and politicians, but also many people are not aware, they're in charge of protecting our monetary supply. I did not know that. Yeah. So the secret service is the group of people. Like Fort Knox? Yeah. And well, they're the ones that go down and hunt down counterfeiters. Oh, Okay. So that's a secret service. That's what they do. Did not know that. Yeah. And anyway, they when people pass, you know, counterfeit bills, there's usually 50s or 100s. And so they go, how in the world are we going to teach a teenager that works at a, you know, a, a mini mart or a Jackson's or a gas station to recognize a fake $100 bill when it comes across and give us a call, right? Right. So how are we going to find that out? Well, what they did is they went around and they got – real $100 bills. And they gave it to all of these employees and they said, here, play with it and touch it and feel it, you know? And so they just kept playing with it and they just had them do it over and over and over again so that whenever you hand them a fake one, guess what? They know what it... That's right. It doesn't feel right.
1: I mean, it's... And I, I mean, an example for my own life is as I've been getting into kind of like 3D printing and stuff and trying to figure out how, how to build things as you start kind of deconstructing things and like looking at them you're like oh i recognize how the electrical button works on this or i just installed yeah. you know some some safety mechanisms here in the church and now when i go out into different buildings i'm like oh i see how that they i see how they ran that locking system in a different way than i did oh that was really smart right like you start yeah. once you're aware of it and you see it it changes how you view the world around yeah. you and you start noticing it Everywhere. Yeah, you can.
0: And you can also no, notice if it's fake or not. Like, right. if you walk in and there's like a button there that says, and you're like, Yeah, there's no no button here. There's no cameras here. There's camera systems, right? Like there's
1: dummy cameras. I've installed a lot of security cameras over the last 10 years. And I'm like, I can walk into a building and be like, that camera's not hooked up to anything. (laughs) That's there to make you feel like you're being watched. Not that I'm doing (laughs) anything illegal that I don't want to be watched for. But it's just funny that once you've been living in it and you understand it, you can then go, oh, I get this or oh that's not real or oh whatever right and like, it's
0: critical i think that's critical like knowing the bible and knowing this stuff like you're, you're describing because our world has a vast system to keep you locked into guilt like you were saying you know there's a whole lot of lobsters out there pulling everybody down yeah you know and uh uh it, it revolves around the postmodern mindset. We talked about that the week before. The postmodern mindset that teaches you to deconstruct everything. And if you're always deconstructing because you don't believe there's any truth, then at some point you have to become skeptical of the fact that, that you're skeptical. That you're skeptical. Yeah. You know, it's like the person who says, well, I don't believe in love. There is no love. Well, is that person ever going to experience love? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're not. Uh, the sexual confusion and deception that is out there. I I think, you know, what, what we're, what I've tried to do, particularly on Salted Pastor and here at Foothills and particularly with men is say, is that your sexual drive is one of the greatest and most powerful drives you as a man have it's, 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 it's awesome. It's an incredible thing and it's, it's a drive. You know why it's so powerful? Not because it's pleasurable but because it's purposeful pleasure and that means that the purpose behind your sex drive is that you actually become a co-creator with God in creating life mm-hmm. right that is powerful stuff consequently like electricity the more volts you have the more dangerous it gets right and so it's it's really powerful and so satan wants to use that to manipulate and control you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so now you have these guys that are, that hate their sex drives because it's been controlled and manipulated towards pornography and all these things. And they hate it. The one thing that's supposed to be the greatest joy in their life becomes the thing that creates the most pain and suffering and isolation for them. Mm. And that's so sad, you know, but that's, that's, you have to be aware. This is what the world is doing. And the more I know the word, guess what? The more I see that i'm trying to be manipulated. Uh i talked about uh pantheism or earth worship, you know. When when your kids come home from school in elementary school and their heads are filled with all this, you know, the earth is we're here to worship and protect the earth and da da da. You're like, "Uh-oh. I need to unravel some of this." And the whole point is is that no, we're responsible for the earth, but we don't worship, worship it. The earth is not above us the earthship is below us and you know this is crazy in, in the in a lot of the environmental movement today you know they they propag- they postulate massive genocide because humans are a problem on the earth i'm just like this is really crazy thinking you know it's like well if we half the population then the earth will be pristine what what the Earth well, has no the feelings. <laughs> the Earth is not a sentient being. This well, is just I think, nutty.
1: I think when you you said it just right. It's like we are responsible. We have been charged in the protection of the Earth. Right. But it's not something that that we worship. That
0: we worship. Right. Yeah. You. You know. Yes, and,
1: it is important that we protect the Earth because yes. at some point it will get ruined enough that we can't live on it anymore. Yeah. Like that is a a legitimate concern, but. We, we don't,
0: yeah, we're not here to worship it, yeah. you know, and that's really important because if you worship it, your priorities and then your morality. Gets all upside right. down and backwards. Like, well, let's just kill lots of people so that we can save the planet. Well, okay, that's an upside They've down been watching ideology. Too much Avengers. <laughs> yeah, really. Thanos is I'm going to save the universe by wiping out half the people. It's just ridiculous. The more I am aware of worldly ideologies, the more you are aware of these worldly things. Uh, the more you know the, uh, the biblical claims, the less likely you will be locked into unresolved guilt. You'll see how these things are used to manipulate you. Gone are the days. And this is what's really interesting. On the one hand, you know, it's it's sad to see what our society has become in some ways. But there is an opportunity there. And that is, the day is gone when you can be a shallow Christian. The day is gone. It, it doesn't exist anymore. And I'm kind of happy about that. Peter says in first Peter chapter three, verse 15, he says, sanctify Christ as Lord of your hearts. What are we talking about? We've been using the term about getting rid of guilt is the process of sanctification, right? And so he uses word again, sanctify Jesus Christ as Lord in your heart, always being ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you do it with gentleness and respect. So you have to be ready. You need to know what you believe and you need to know why you believe it.
1: Yeah, I think this idea of not fluff is not enough isn't enough, right? Yeah, anymore. fluff is not enough. It's not it's not enough anymore because the world has convinced you everything just needs to stay at surface level, which is yeah. ironic because they they act like they want you to go deeper. Like they're like Correct. you need to be more in touch with your inner soul and da 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 da, 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 da right? But like we're more connected than we have ever been through social media and the internet. And yet people know each other less, less than ever before. Right. Cause it's all curated. It's all controlled. And people just don't interact with people. Like I've lived next to my neighbors for the last four and a half years. I've maybe had 10 conversations with them that aren't just me like waving as I pull into the driveway. Right. Like, and so it's like, my understanding is when my grandma was around, like your neighbors were like, Family, family, like, you know, and so, and I don't have that thing. And that's just because I, that's one, that's a failing on my part, but two, it's just a process of the culture and the way I grew up with technology and all these other things showing me like, well, I'll just reach out to them if I need to, but I'm controlling who I am am in contact with. Mm -hmm. Right. And everything is surface level. I don't know anything outside of their names and whatever. Right. And, and we live our lives that way. You know, I know a lot of different people connected to a lot of different people. I don't know much more than, you know, surface level stuff. And so... And if we're surface
0: level with the people around us, then our tendency is to be surface level with ourselves.
1: right? And and our faith is also very surface level because we've been able to coast by it
0: and just be like, yeah. Not
1: anymore. Not anymore. We're getting to a... We're at the point where we can't do that anymore. We have to go deeper. So talk to me about why you think people avoid going deeper in their faith. Because it feels like... Well, it's promised that everything's going to get better the deeper you go, right? Like, or you'll have a better relationship the deeper you go. Not necessarily everything will be better. Yeah, but. but
0: the deeper you go, the more freedom you have. Yeah,
1: but why would we not claim that?
0: Well, because unresolved guilt produces fear. Okay. You know, it makes us fearful in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, it says for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword pierce, uh, it even penetrating as far as division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Okay. So that's pretty powerful stuff. The word of God is living and active. It's like a double edged sword and it, it, it divides soul and spirit, joint and marrow, it judges your thoughts. It judges the intent of your heart. That's pretty. Powerful. Listen to this. And there is no creature hidden from God's sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. Notice that phrase all things are open and laid bare. There is fear about being opened up and laid bare before God. There's fear there, you know. Uh, Strangely enough, this fear comes from unresolved guilt or shame. If they if he if they saw, if he knew exactly what was going on in me, you know, I'm so ashamed. But the very things he intends us to deliver us from, shame, <laughs> is the very thing or the source that generates our fear from being open up and laid bare. It's cyclical. Isn't that interesting? It's that back and forth. So the answer is to continually focus on the scripture. Fill your heart, fill your mind with the truth of Jesus Christ, and you will find that your fears begin to disappear. The more I know him and his heart, the less fearful I become of what he's doing in my life. And what he's doing in my life, in this particular case, our focus is that he is releasing me, freeing me, from the control of guilt and shame in my life.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, we've seen so many TV shows specifically where there's a secret that somebody is hiding in the relationship. And mm-hmm. the fear of that secret being told eventually breaks the relationship up because... Is it that every Hallmark movie that yeah, was ever made? Well, I mean, it's almost every drama ever, right? Every drama, yeah. And, and and the reason it resonates and so many people watch it is because they go, oh, they don't... They subconsciously go, oh, yeah, I'm exactly. doing that, right? Uh, yeah, and I think everybody's done it. Yeah, everybody's done it, which is why it resonates so well, yes. right? And so I think understanding that that is what's inhibiting you from going deeper, and that you've already been freed from it, mm-hmm. will take the fear away, which will take the guilt and the shame away, and then you can just live in the in the yeah, freedom. Yeah, it rewires it. your brain. Yeah, I mean, and and I see that in the idea of like. um, when you again it goes back to the confession of being able to release yourself from the guilt and shame right yeah you know i struggled with a pornography addiction for a while mm-hmm. and the only way that i really got free from that was when i started talking about it to somebody else and saying mm. this is something i have struggled with in the past and it wasn't something especially with christians it's really hard to be like yeah, yeah. i i did this thing right yeah but what that has done is it's freed me and And last year we were in a Christian sexuality thing, and I was able to speak to some kids that were going through this.
0: That very same thing. In the same
1: thing, that if I had not gone through that, I don't think that's what God wanted in my life, but he uses all things for good. And he says, well, you did it, so now I'm going to take it and use it to help somebody else, right? And, And the freedom from that guilt and shame of being able to like, yes, I did go through that, but now I'm here alongside you to help you go get out of it, right? And right. there's a freedom that I can now help others with rather than I had I not resolved that and had I not experienced the freedom of that and not been courageous enough to talk about it, I would just sat there quietly and then I would not have probably encouraged those kids to open up that they had are, or were dealing with that same thing. So that freedom is something that I've seen played out in my life already and you've just put words to it. I just didn't understand what had happened yeah. up until this point.
0: Yeah, well, I think, you know, that's very insightful because that's what the whole point of this is, is it's for people to find out that there's safety. It's, you know, it's really interesting because there's a part of our society that's trying to create safe places, you know, safe spaces for people, you know, and and all all these, yeah, all these, you know, at college campuses and stuff like that, which, of course, that's all an illusion. Okay, it's all, it's all fake there's no such thing as a safe space. You know, the, the whole here on earth, the whole point is, is that, well, I'm going to go into this room and I don't have to listen to anybody that disagree with me. Okay. But you're still in that room with your own thoughts. Right. And sometimes the most, (laughs) sometimes the the most incriminating. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're the most incriminating and judgmental, you know, it's like, man, I know a lot of people in my life. It's like, I don't need to be hard on them because they're harder on themselves than I ever will be. You, right. know, you see what I'm saying? And, and so there's lots of people wired that way. And so, man, you, can you go into a room on a college campus and have a safe space? No, because you're, you're there with yourself. right? <laughs> you know, and, and so there's no such thing as a safe space here on this planet. The only safe space that exists is in the presence of Christ. Mm-hmm. Cause only in Christ can you say, I'm, I'm completely laid bare. You know, remember when we read, uh, the week before Psalms 32, David's prayer or, or his song reflecting on back what he had, yeah. he said, I, I laid myself bare. I confessed everything to you and you took away my iniquity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what I love about the word iniquity is that. It it encompasses not just the act of the sin, but all of the impact that that sin, the entire infection that it has left behind in your body, Mm. right? Or in your mind or in the way you think. And, And so it's really interesting is that he opened himself, laid himself bare. That's the only safe space. And then the healing process happened. And so that's why I think it's important for Christians to stop being so judgmental of each other, Right. And that, that's why in the New Testament, there's a lot of teaching on accusations, you know? Well, I mean,
1: I'm doing a Bible study with uh, a friend and we're in Romans and Romans 2 is all about that. Like, don't go and judge. Because Romans 1, he lays out basically this whole thing of like, look at all these bad things these people are doing. But then he immediately follows it up with, but you don't get to judge them for that. God's going to take care of that. You right. get, y- Anything you judge them for, just be, you know that idea of like, when you point fingers, you've got four, four pointing back <laughs> and, it's like You're going to be judged by the same standards of things that you're screwing up on. So right. don't worry about what's happening to them. Don't sit there and point fingers and judge them. Focus on your own relationship with God and focus on what you're doing in your life because it's not your job to judge. Yeah.
0: And I, and I think that's one of the hallmarks of my preaching is that a lot of people, particularly a lot of non-Christians have come and said, well, you know, the one thing I, I like the way you preach because it's not designed to make me feel guilty. It's designed to point me to Christ. And I mm-hmm. think that's why I do what I do is because in Romans one sixteen, you just brought up Romans. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes it is the power of God. You know, I believe that you can be free. Every one of us can be free. I believe that things can change in your life. Are you unhappy with yourself and and over uh, your own position in life, with your own sense of value? Do you have low self-esteem? Well, there's a lot you can do about it. And through the power of God, overcome it. Are you unhappy with your relationship status? You know, are you divorced? Are you single? Are you, are you dating or not dating? Well, guess what? There's so much that you can do about it. Uh, are you unhappy with where your marriage is at? Are you dissatisfied or feel like it's not on the right track? Well, guess what? You're not a victim. There's a ton of things that you can do about it. Uh, um, are you unhappy with where your kids are at or maybe some of the choices that they are making? Well, guess what? There's a lot you can do about it. I do what I do because I want to help people discover what they can do about it. And that is the gospel of Christ is the power of God that brings salvation. And that's just not uh, eternal salvation. It's redemption and salvation right here and right now. Before I moved to uh, Idaho, there was this really popular song. Uh, on Christian charts and it was called run to the battle. I don't know if it heard it. It's a is, really, is really good song in the 1800s.
1: Is that <laughs> yeah. what <you're> talking
0: about? <laughs> a couple centuries ago, but there's a line in that song. He goes, some people want to live within the sound of chapel bells, but I want to run a mission, a yard from the gate of hell. Mm. Let's run to the battle. And so, you know, a lot of what I've tried to focus on in my, in my preaching is that I want to deliver people from hell, not just eternal hell, but hell here on earth and I I want them to be set free from their personal hell, their relational hell, their career hell, their loneliness hell, their addiction hell. uh, And I believe that God is saving people and redeeming people each and every day. I do what I do because God is real, Jesus is alive, and you have no idea who you are until you meet him. So, you know, I think... You know, I want to bless people with Jesus. And, you know, as we kind of finish a series, I always try to do a little blessing. We're going to do a big one on Sunday, but just to give you a taste is, is that, you know, the blessing I want to give you right now for everybody who listens is simply this stop, just stop, just stop living in the status quo. Stop doing what you've always done and expect a different result. Stop being miserable. Stop being depressed. Stop uh, the temptation to feel like a victim. Grab a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe. So believe. Believe with all of your heart. Believe with all of your mind. Believe with your will. Believe from the very depths of your soul. Because when you believe, The power of God is here to save you.
1: Well, what a powerful way to end this series, Pastor. We thank you so much for sharing this with us for this entire series, which has been great, but specifically today's uh, message, which was really good as well. Our discussion, I thought, uh, gives me a lot to think about, and I imagine it's going to give a lot of people that are listening things to think about as we head into the weekend. We thank you guys so much for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe if you're not subscribed because that helps us reach other people. And uh, if you're in the Boise area, join us on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church. Otherwise, we'll see you next Tuesday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast.
0: Believe! Thanks for listening to us today on social media. If you would like some old episodes or new content, check us out on our YouTube channel, Foothills Church, Boise. Music